0: What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined across the power of the internet by my co-host, Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjourno to you as well. How are you this fine Sunday morning?
1: I am doing well enough. I cracked my neck kind of all out of place, so if I'm not oh, no. moving around as much as I normally do, and if I'm just kind of stiff. moving like a robot, yeah, I'm just going to have to stay <laughs> real still, so don't be alarmed.
0: <laughs> don't be alarmed. She's not being assimilated into the video no. game worlds that we are here to talk about today. That would be on- ideal, though. <laughs> That would be. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be great. Uh, lots of video game worlds. When we did an episode about the video game worlds we'd like to live in? That was sure early, did. early team chat history right there. Yeah, it uh, was. That was fun episode, if I remember correctly. Because that's what we like to talk about here on Team Chat Podcast. It's video games. The ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out on Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time. And you can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web. Such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can also watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. You can find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join our Discord server, where we we'll have a lot of fun conversations on gaming and other non-gaming-related topics when we're not here recording the show. And finally, if you'd like to help make the show bigger and better, just like Zach S, Susan M, James K, Ben W, Michael B, Fuchsia Rascal, Andrew M, Michael S, and Brandon W. have done, You can head over to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before the general Tuesday release and access to a private channel on our Discord server, the Rogues Gallery. Additionally, uh, patrons at our $5 tier also receive two weeks early access to Team Chit Chat, a subsidiary show to Team Chat Podcast where Mogan and I talk about things that are not gaming-related at all, so you can kind of give us a, get a chance to get to know us a little bit better on uh, our opinions and thoughts on things not centered around video games. Because we do have some other interests other than video games and stuff like that, that we like to talk about every once in a while. So you can check that out. And then after that two weeks exclusivity, they are released out in the wild for the general public to enjoy. But if you can't do that, that is no big deal at all. There's totally other ways that you could help make the show bigger and better as well, such as just telling your friends, subscribing, leaving us reviews, liking us on social media and following us there. All of that helps get the word of Team Chat Podcast out to the masses. And for that, we are eternally grateful and give you that big old heart. It is really hard to do a heart emoji with my hands and make it look good, but well, a heart emoji. What's wrong with we your love hands? you all. <laughs> They're just too big. I just can't do anything with them. I don't know. But also, this episode of Team Chat Podcast is brought to you by Bowed Up. Bowed Up is a modern Asian brand that combines traditional bow techniques with more modern and Texas inspired fillings. Their goal is to provide a very convenient experience with satisfying food. And I don't know about you, Mogan, but. I have been very satisfied with all the bowed up that we have eaten. It has been delicious. One of our uh, live episode that we did last week, they supplied us with some grub during our episode. And my God, it was just some damn delicious stuff. I had a brisket bow. So good. Pork bow, chicken bow, fried chicken. You had some noodles and tofu. You
1: know know how breakfast is like split right down the middle between, okay, it can either be healthy, like Mm -hmm. eggs and fruit and stuff. Right, Or it's perfectly acceptable for it to just be various types of cake that you're yes. eating and calling it breakfast. Bowed up. Has a Nutella bow?
0: Oh man, it's I want to like, get that one next. It's
1: supposed to be like a dessert bow, I'm sure, but I'm thinking, man, that could be a breakfast bow because
0: oh, it's for sure of, it could be. It's got like Nutella,
1: Nutella It's just because, a biscuit filled <laughs> with just Nutella. A exactly. <laughs> but I think yeah. they also have one that's like an egg custard, which is really common in familiar. a lot of like um, in a lot of Asian desserts, but. I don't know. Like I've been too scared to try it yet. So <laughs> the well, not now bow, we,
2: the, the menu
0: of to... bowed up is our oyster. We can, we can try it out and try out all these delectable treats and delights and delicious foods that they have for us uh, over there at bowed up. So uh, it's in the Austin area. So if you're here in Austin or in the surrounding areas, go try out bowed up and you know, tell them team chat sent you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what that'll do for you, but you can just tell them that.
2: <laughs> just tell them, <laughs> <laughs> just tell yeah, them you're just good tell friends. Them.
0: Your good friend sent you to try out some good, delicious food. But before we get into the main topic of the day, we do have to do what's new and coming out soon in our moment with Boken.
1: All right, just in case you missed it, because the last two episodes have been a bonus and a live episode. So yep. out already, <laughs> as of March 4th, Are No Surge, it could be No Surge, no idea, R No Surge DX. And CL No Surge DX both came out for the PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. I assume those are JRPGs based on the fact that they're two being released side by side and they have a very stupid shared name. <laughs> uh, Loop Hero is out for PC. That's Loop Hero. Sea of Solitude Director's Cut. I actually, God, my stupid gaming schedule is so packed right now, but I really right? want to play Sea of Solitude. Uh, anyways, the director's cut is now out for Switch. I believe they announced that at a Nintendo Direct a long ass time ago. Um two point hospital jumbo a jumbo edition is out now for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. And then as of today, March 9th, the following are out. Apex Legends for the Switch. It's finally here. Party all the time.
0: Me yeah, and uh me and uh and just Mike Place, so we're gonna be dropping. Oh,
1: you're gonna be dropping, dropping. On the in Switches. There uh i'm
0: very excited can, about that
1: you can miss me with that drop i'll be i'll be on the Why? side Join in. like cheering for you Good oh, we'll get your great. we'll get a uh, bro mogan
0: to play too because he said that because <laughs> yeah, i found was, out in my, one of my streams last week that he actually really likes the game but then like said that you and cody were just like no we're not playing with that with
1: yeah you, not so. interested so yeah <laughs> get bro mogan in there. Uh, also on march 9th we've got genso sky drift for the playstation 4 on the 11th Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game Four. That's quite a name, and it makes me suspicious that they had to title it the official video game, but I guess it is for Monster Energy drinks, which is this this game sounds confusing. Anyways, it's for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC. So everything except Switch. That's really funny. Uh, and then on the 12th, we have Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time with its PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S releases and on Switch now. So if you weren't able to pick it up when it came out on PS4, it's now out for next gen consoles and the Switch. And then rounding out the end of our week, we've got Kingdoms of Amalur, Re Reckoning for Switch, uh, and Moon Dawn? Mundan? Mundan. M-U-N-D-A-U-N for PS5, Xbox Series X, and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And that's everything that is out now and coming soon.
0: Very nice. So today, we have the exciting first impressions of a game that was just released or I don't know could be even full review at this point depending on how much Mogan at least has got it's through the game. Not,
2: trust me. <laughs> not first impressions.
0: <laughs> first impressions it is then of uh, the newly released Bravely Default 2. So, so excited
1: to talk about this one.
0: Well, let's just jump right in because I know you've been playing it. I played the I have played the demo. Uh played for a couple hours in the demo. So I have some thoughts just I knew On the outside, I'll just say, like, obviously, like this style, Bravely Default games and stuff are not in my general field house of games that I play, but I wanted to be able to be knowledgeable and like have an idea of what's going on for the episode. So I played through the demo and stuff like that. So we can get to my thoughts as we go on. But this is definitely it. Mogan, tell us and explain to us what is going on. What is the haps?
1: I mean, I knew Bravely Default, too. You know, I've known for a thousand years, for as long as I've known Jarrett, that this type of JRPG not his jam and that's perfectly jam. okay it's like how apex legends is not my jam this is not That's J3. not okay but i com- <laughs> I commend you for uh, for actually bothering to play the demo i actually saw you like i saw your little thingy the notification show up on the switch and i was like oh he is playing it wow i
0: just feel with pride like oh he's trying
1: yeah i was like good for him i hope he makes it a little ways in
0: <laughs> i feel like i made good progress i have i have a i have a good understanding of what's going on i feel like.
1: And for those of you that don't know, the demo is actually kind of long. Like it's at least a few solid hours of gameplay. So if you do want to try yeah, to a, get just a, a feel for what the general game is, the demo will definitely do that for you. So pick it up. It's in the Switch shop right now. Um, no harm, no foul. If you don't like it,
0: yeah, I think it's a five-hour timer on it. Yeah. And then you could, but then you can just replay it and like load a new game in the demo and play it as many times as you want. So yeah, yeah it's pretty extensive.
1: It's it's a it's a great way to. If you're not familiar with the Bravely series, which I assume that a lot of Switch gamers probably aren't, because not everybody that owns a Switch now bothered to pick up a Nintendo DS or a Nintendo 3DS, which is where Bravely Default 1 and Bravely Default uh, End Layer... Bravely Second End Layer. I get the name so confused, and it's their fault because they're bad at naming stuff. <laughs> so Bravely Default and Bravely Second End Layer, uh, both of those were on the DS. So, this is the first time the Bravely series is coming to a super mainstream and publicized console. Like, obviously, loads of people owned, mm-hmm. uh, owned um, DSs. It was a very popular handheld, sold millions and millions of units. But the kind of publicity that, like, the main consoles get versus handhelds, we all all know what happened to the Vita. We all know. So, yeah, it's just not quite analogous. So if this is your first time playing a Bravely Default game, you might not know how to feel about it at first. But here's the gist. I will give you the broadest story just that I can. So Braille Default opens, and I think this differs from the demo. So you might not actually know the the main story so far, Jared. The demo
0: picks up right after the prologue. So you don't play the prologue. You ju- gotcha. It just literally picks up right after that.
1: Yep, so you're missing the first chunk. So I've got the first chunk, and you've got the second chunk. I've also got the second chunk, but whatever. We'll get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> so um, the prologue starts off with a watery underwater scene and a mysterious voice and you're like oh what's going on Uh, and as it turns out it is the voice of the wind crystal itself talking to a drowned sailor Uh, and the name is actually subjective you can name the sailor whatever you want to but his pre-populated name is seth so i'm going to call him seth so that's your player character i named mine bombadil I yeah, know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you, you play. blaze over that. Okay, fine. Yeah, That's a dumb name. You play as either Seth or Tom Bombadil, depending on your persuasion. What if those were the only two options? What That'd if be it was awesome. like a drop down menu and it's like you can name, him, name him Seth or Tom Bombadil? There are no other choices. Yeah. That would be pretty funny. That would be hilarious. You you play as Seth, and Seth has quite literally drowned. Um, You find out in the prologue that his ship was hit by a massive wave while they were out at sea. It totally destroyed the ship and washed him up on shore. But technically, he died. He was drowned along with all the rest of his crew. Uh, He's not like a captain or anything. He's just a normal sailor. Um, But the wind crystal intentionally brought him back to life for a purpose you don't quite know yet. But when he washes up on shore... He is found by an old old man and a young regal looking woman, and their names are Sir Sloane and Princess Gloria. So this gets you the start of your initial cast of characters. Now, uh, after the can I interject
0: a quick question? Sorry. Are the crystals the earth or this wind crystal? Is that a carryover from the first Bravely default and and Bravely Second? Are those are those like the elements that are like kind of the core of the world?
1: Super good question. First of all, the answer is yes. So the very concept of crystals being a center point of a JRPG is a an old, old holdover from the really early Final Fantasy games. Okay. So the fact that crystals are even in a JRPG, just think of it as like a normal thematic element of so many JRPGs. So I think it is actually a little bit overdone at this point. Like when I when I realized that crystals were going to be a core thing of Bravely Default 2, part of me was like, again because it is the same four crystals every time it's the earth yeah. air water and fire crystals then it's always those four it's never like darkness and and pestilence it's never the four horsemen <laughs> of the apocalypse crystals <laughs> which would be way more fun i think that would be But anyways yes so the premise is that there are four crystals in the world that used to be under the stewardship of princess gloria's kingdom so i think that her family i believe had like Not necessarily dominion, but like guardianship. Had guardianship over the four crystals, as I understand the story so far. Because she's actually in possession of the wind crystal. She like inherited it as part of her family stuff. But Princess Gloria's backstory is that her kingdom, Musa, uh, has been totally destroyed three years prior to when the game takes place. So we have, or at least as far as I've gotten in the story so far, I have no idea what happened to her kingdom yet. They just keep saying that it was destroyed. What that means as far as, okay, was there a plague? Was there a massive earthquake? Did it flood? Tornadoes? Military invasion? What happened there? I don't really know yet. All I know is that it was destroyed, and she and her um, guard, her guard, Sir Sloan, made it out alive, and now she is basically a refugee in the uh, kingdom of Halcyonia. So you are now in a small town. It looks like a small town to me called Halcyonia, and you are basically a guest uh, like of the king that ro- runs that land. I forget what his name is. That's way too much words to tell you that the core of Bravely Default 2 is a conflict surrounding these four crystals and the five kingdoms that make up the world of, oh, they named it something real dumb this time. Uh, the world at large is called Excellent I don't know if you've come across that yet. I haven't.
0: Yeah, I've only, the only like territory name is like this one city that the the demo starts you off
1: at. I think you're in Savalon right now. Right? I am in
0: Savalon. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so in Bravely Default, I think the the world at large was called Luxendark, which loved that name. I thought that was really fancy. And this mm-hmm. time it's excellent or excellent, but it's spelled like E X C I. L L A N T. So it's not just the word excellent; it's excellent. And I bet you they haven't actually said it in game yet. But I bet you ten bucks when they eventually say it, it's going to sound like excellent. And
0: it's yeah, I'm sure so it's just like with a little bit of inflection on it or <laughs> oh, something like yeah, that. Like for sure, excellent.
1: sure, yeah. And bravely, <laughs> the bravely series loves to do stuff like that, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm all about That's that hilarious. kind of stuff. Uh, so yes, it takes place in the various kingdoms of the world of Exelon. Uh The other characters that you come across is in the prologue. Shortly after uh, Seth washes up on shore, Princess Gloria and Sir Sloane just kind of like become acquainted with him. And then they're like, all right, we see you're alive now peace out, and they leave. So they don't immediately join your party. So Seth goes out to do some more random quests. You don't know what he's doing. It doesn't matter. But the point is, he gets in a little bit over his head with some enemies, and two randos show up. And those randos are the other two characters in the game. They are Elvis, a Scottish Scottish brogue
0: (laughs) of a a midge.
1: He's a Scottish... (laughs) I mean, they don't call him Scottish, of course, because there's no Scotland in this game. But he has... A very heavy Scottish accent and his um, default outfit, his uh, freelancer outfit, looks like an almost traditional Scottish garb because he has like the argyle socks, the boots, the tartan pants, like the scarf. He very much is styled and sounds like a Scotsman. So notably, at least the way that I read the way his his features are, he appears to be older than the typical cast of characters that the Bravely series gets. Because with Mm. the other characters, and this is also the same in Bravely Default too, with Seth, with Princess Gloria, and with the fourth character, Adele, who is a hired mercenary, hired by Elvis to protect him on his travels, because he's looking for something. You know that he's looking for something, and he's got this mercenary tagging along with him, keeping him safe, because he's great at magic, but he's real squishy. He can't take a hit. So that's what Adele is for. Um, But where was I going with this? Something about, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. All I was going to say is that Elvis looks a lot older than Adele and Gloria and Seth do, which is radically different than the four characters from the previous games who all looked and behaved very young, like early 20s max, probably Mm -hmm. older teens. Uh, But I'm sorry, what were you going to say?
0: So I just love about Elvis's other than the like, I was not expecting him to have such a huge Scottish accent accent when he started talking. I was like, what <laughs> he's just kind of like it's very me off. jarring. Wasn't. because um, you know i don't know just everybody normally has like either like a very soft tone i feel like in like jrpgs normally like even like very smooth talking and everything like that and then his just a very just like harsh strong scottish accent oh i just God. was not expecting that at all but then also just his his fedora and ponytail though yes oh my God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like he has- from a
0: character design perspective, it just made me laugh the whole time. I just kept expecting him to be like milady. <laughs>
2: milady. <laughs>
1: absolutely has kind of that personality too he is so funny the other things that you need to know about him are that he does have like the chin strap beard Mm -hmm. hysterical so he's got like a half down like a a ponytail of gray hair a gray chin strap beard and then his mages outfit (laughs) is like a long black uh, trench coat kind of looking deal with yeah. yellow accents so he has like a yellow ascot and a yellow stripe around his hat which is just just I'm fantastic I'm saying
0: I've seen people cosplay Elvis without knowing they were cosplaying Elvis because it's just how they were dressed yeah.
1: <laughs> it just yeah. making me laugh <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, uh, but yeah, man. actually I, I guess we, we can start with more of the story stuff or with more of the game mechanics. But since we're already on the subject, I kind of just want to talk about the the cast of characters. Sure. Because the characters are one of the most important parts of the Bravely series. Uh obviously plenty of play people play it just for the combat, just for the the turn-based Uh, mechanics are really interesting and they're very interestingly done in Bravely as opposed to other similar games but the characters are where the heart of the game lies cards baby so without a strong like main and supporting cast it's not going to be quite as fun so I'm just going to go through briefly and we're going to talk about what you think about this character you know do you like him or dislike him so starting with Elvis since we're already on the subject sure Love him. I
0: love Elvis. I mean, he's like awesome. He's such an odd character that I have so to say, like odd. I'm I'm intrigued by him so yes. much.
1: So <laughs> he's he's notable for a couple of different reasons. One, the fact that he's older, two the mm-hmm. fact that he's a scholar that seems to be at odds with his love of I would I would gather drinking and partying because every five seconds he's like, Where's the nearest tavern? And you're like, Chill out, Elvis. It is ten AM. We just got started to-
0: <laughs> It's like, so it's he, five o'clock somewhere, laddie.
1: Yeah, he has a very bombastic <laughs> attitude to go along with his bombastic uh, accent. And the way that he behaves in game is just really funny. And he's kind of analogous to Bell from Bravely Default 1. He didn't really have like a character archetype that would suit him from Bravely Default 2. There really kind of wasn't that type of character. Anyways, whatever. Because you and Tiz were both very much like sweet little cinnamon, cinnamon roll boys. So Elvis is fascinating. I <laughs> love him to death. Uh, I will say that you meet him. So this is kind of unique. You meet Elvis, and he already has, him and Adele both, they're already quite a bit higher level than uh seth is i keep wanting to i noticed call
0: that you. in the i i noticed that in the demo uh he yeah. he's like an already a level 11 both of them are i think and you're yeah. like nine something i want to say yeah
1: wow yeah because i was about to say because i started from the prologue you meet him when you're a level one and he's already like level five or six mm. so him and adele are both already pretty leveled and notably he already has an asterisk so this is one of the core elements of the bravely default series is that you have the ability to equip your characters with various job classes like mage, white mage, black mage, a uh, thief, a uh, vanguard which is like a big, you know, very physically based type of guardian. I don't know what you want to call them. But the point is the job classes are one of the most important elements of the Bravely Default games. And normally, the only way that you can acquire more job classes is by defeating someone that has an object called an asterisk. And it's basically like a little physical stone that then gives you the ability to take on the attributes of that job class. So mm. they're asterisks. Oh, God, it's so hard to say. They're asterisk holders. And for whatever reason. Elvis already has the black mage asterisk, which is actually a little bit notable because normally when you start these games, your default job class is freelancer. So mm-hmm. because of the fact that he starts with the black mage asterisk, I'm really hard time trying to like within myself, switch him off of black mage. Cause I've got about five job classes now and I'm like, but he's, he's, he's the black mage. Like yeah. it's, it's who he is. His voice lines, that's, because it's what you're introduced to, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's his job class forever. So I'm really struggling to put him on other job classes, but I've been trying. And I think part of the problem is that no, ma- no matter what outfit I put him into, none of them look as correct as the Black Mage outfit does. Uh, but yeah, that's Elvis, and he's incredible. The- I'm actually, where i have
0: actually where I got to in the demo. You do, I unlocked an asterisk asterisk and was able to get a new job class yeah
1: which one did you get
0: um i think
1: it's spoilery if i say oh i'm gonna talk about it no well it's what. in the
0: demo it's in the demo yeah, i guess demo. so uh bard
1: oh the, they put the bard in the demo mm-hmm. okay because there were two versions of the, versions of the demo the old one that i played and the new one that you've played did not finish the first demo because it was really fucking hard it was so <laughs> hard and the, some of the feedback from the first demo was you guys made this game too hard and they were like oh shit okay we'll scale it back
2: so i mean like-
1: I,
0: I definitely had some like I had to redo fights and stuff a few times, got a few game overs and stuff like that yeah. in, in just doing the demo. And yeah, I mean, it's granted, that makes sense because I'm not familiar really with turn based fighting games like in, in this style. So, like, it makes sense I would make mistakes and die. But I was also like, this feels hard for a demo. <laughs>
1: it's actually pretty hard. We'll talk about that later. Uh, so, the other characters are along with Elvis is Adele. And for the life of me, I cannot decide where I think her accent is from. What's your best guess?
0: I honestly don't remember it um, that well. So I don't really know if I have I assumed all of them were all just like English accents.
1: Well, so the thing is, depending on like when she speaks, Adele occasionally sounds like she also has a light, a light Scottish accent. Mm. And I just can't figure out if that's where she's supposed to sound like she's from or if it's just the The voice actress like doing a certain affectation. I don't know what's going on there, but it sounds really nice. Um, Adele's voice actress, it does a really good job. Adele's a fun character. She's kind of hard for me to pin down right now because according to the sections that I've played, Adele's motivation for being part of this party is she's following Elvis around because Elvis is paying her for starters. Good, she's she's good, good, good at fighting and Elvis is paying paying her. But the reason that she wanted to accompany him in the first place is he's traveling and she's looking for her missing sister. So I don't really know anything more about it beyond that right now other than that Adele's sister is missing. She has no idea where she is. She's traveling around with Elvis because it's the only way that she can afford to travel mm. and search for her sister at the same time. So that's kind of as much as I know about Adele right now. She has kind of an older sister like sort of playful personality she's a little bit serious but not super serious so she is always kind of acting as the uh character foil to elvis trying to like rein him back in but she's definitely not overbearing she doesn't come across as like the naggy archetype or anything like that Mm -hmm. so i'm really all about adele her default outfit is so cute her freelancer outfit she has like this cute little blue top and like these fun flowy white pants she looks very much like a thief but I don't like. That's not her, her. That's not her job class. She's just yeah. a freelancer like the other ones. So she just kind of looks like that. And she also notably has white hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is up with Bravely Default two and these white-haired characters because I'm running into them everywhere. Uh, presumably you will too at some point. Maybe if you keep playing the game, but you probably won't. So that's okay. But anyway, so those are the first two characters. The next one, of course, is Seth. Seth kind of has. He's just new Tiz. He's just new Tiz. If you've played Tiz Bravely... being a character
0: from First Bravely yeah. Default? Okay. If
1: you've played Bravely Default 1 and 2, because he's in both games, he's just new Tiz. <laughs> so that's both a good and bad thing. Because Tiz's character is that, honestly, if you don't get super far in his character arc, like if you didn't finish the game, Tiz can come across as kind of boring. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't really have a lot of... You know, he's not super emotive like Elvis is he's not really expressive in ways that other characters are because he's kind of shy tiz was always kind of shy kind of quiet very much just like oh okay well you tell me what's going on and then we'll kind of go from there and that's absolutely the same way that seth is but his character design is so gosh darn cute. You can't help but love him. He's adorable. So his little sailor's outfit when he washes up on shore he has like this jaunty red sash and these cute little pants and little knee-high boots and a puffy-sleeve white shirt and a little vest and it's just like,
0: Styles oh of the God. day for the sailors.
1: They made him so cute. So he's adorable. He's very much like the sweet little cinnamon roll boy that Tiz was supposed to be and that you also was in Bravely Default too. So... I'm not going to complain too much about it. I will say that his motivations right now are very mysterious. So Seth has been chosen. Uh, you learn in the prologue as like being blessed by the Wind Crystal. He's hashtag blessed. So nice. this really sets him apart, and like you can tell that it's a big deal when Sir Sloane, uh, Gloria's guard, recognizes that. Oh shit! Seth has been blessed by the Wind Crystal. This is a big deal. Because Sir Sloan's whole deal is that 50 years ago, he was part of the Four Heroes of Light, which is, again, a total recycled thing from Bravely Default. Mm-hmm. In Bravely Defaults 1 and 2, you were playing as the Four Heroes of Light as you try to go around and fix the crystals, blah, blah, blah. Sir Sloan apparently also did that, but in some other context. You gather that it's loosely related to the crystals? You're not really sure. Uh, but so Sir Sloane was a Hero of Light. Now he's old and retired. He's like, oh, it's not my turn anymore. You're the new Hero of Light, kid. You're blessed by mm-hmm. the Wind Crystal. So Seth is like, okay. But you can tell that Seth is just kind of like along for the ride. He washes up on shore. Princess Glory and Sir Sloane find him. He gets blessed by the Wind Crystal. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just go along with this. He doesn't really have This anybody. is my lot
0: now. I yeah, guess I have to go along with now. it. Yeah.
1: And Sir Sloan even kind of puts this really heavy burden on him right off the bat. He's like, listen, kid, I'm on my way out, as you can see by my very, very oldness. I'm gonna need you to take care of Princess Gloria and literally dedicate your whole life to her. Your job is to guard her with your life he has known seth for a day seth does it's not a lot know to throw him. on somebody a lot to throw on someone right out the gate and again seth is just like okay yeah i'll do it <laughs> like no pushback at all which mm. i think is actually kind of weird and i i don't know where his character arc is going but i hope it goes somewhere because right now there's not a lot for me to kind of kind of have to form An opinion, like a full opinion of Seth, which is why this is a first impressions and not a full review. Because right right now Seth is very cute, very sweet. Not a lot. What what's what's going on in that head empty what's happening there? Yeah. So I don't really know. The fourth character is Princess Gloria, and she's actually currently my favorite. I'm, I love Princess Gloria. Um, in the first two games, there were Agnes, who was the major character in Bravely Default 1, and then the second one really focused more on Idia Lee and the new character Magnolia Arch. Love both of them to pieces. Mm-hmm. But Princess Gloria is different. She's hashtag different. So for starters, as we talked about, Princess Gloria is a princess of no kingdom. Her kingdom of Musa is no more. You presume that everyone she knew, except for Sir Sloane, is probably dead. She doesn't yeah. mention her parents at all, except for once. Um, the brief amount of time that I've been able to play the game so far, I think I'm about 10 hours in. When I last oh, counted, okay. I think I had, I had clocked just over 10 hours. So you don't really know what's going on with her ruined kingdom exactly. You just know that she's a refugee princess. on, you know, just looking for whatever she's going to do next. Her motivation is she's realizing that there are things happening in the world that are basically environmental disasters. A desert, the desert kingdom of Savalon, has flooded. And you're like, what's going on here? Why is it flooded? This is the desert. And meanwhile, out in the ocean, there are these massive waves destroying boats right, left, and center. Something's going on with the oceans. So you know that things are not quite in balance. And that's Mm -hmm. because something's wrong with the four elemental crystals. Very standard JRPG stuff. But because Princess Gloria hails from a family that is basically in charge of making sure that the crystals stay in balance, she's like, okay, this is my job. I've got the wind crystal already. We're off to a good start. We have to go find the other crystals and fix whatever is wrong with them. So Princess Gloria's motivations are arguably the most clear-cut right mm. away. You know exactly what she's about. You know exactly what her goals are. And her personality to go along with it is actually kind of refreshing. She does have, to an extent, that kind of um, you know passive, very soft-spoken, very elegant, very polite personality. But when you actually get her in battle and you like brave four times... Her voice actress does an incredible job, and a lot of her lines are like "my, my nose no pounds," and then she just wreck shop, and you're like, "Oh my god, Princess Gloria, you're incredible!" Calm down, you. you're, you're going nuts. So, so she does kind of have this very elegant personality, but she's mm. also very like mentally strong. She's clearly gone through a lot, but it hasn't broken her down. She has just a very serious she's much more serious than a lot of the previous you know sweet little girl type characters from the other bravely games have, have had so mm-hmm. she's very serious and she's very i guess like experienced she comes across as being much more experienced than a lot of the other characters idia lee is a great example um and agnes so both agnes and idia lee from the previous bravely games they were very much new oh you have to switch okay they were very much like new to the world at large idio was still trying to find her place in the world trying to figure out where she fit anyes had been a hermit and she had never really been outside of her temple until then Mm -hmm. princess gloria has been out and about having a bad time she's been through some shit already already lost her kingdom already lost her kingdom she's already sol So you can just tell that it has already formed her into a more resilient character than I think a lot of character archetypes like her usually get. So I love Princess Gloria so far. And you stall for me so that I can look up the cast because I really need to be able to mention who these people's voice actors are.
0: Sure. Uh, So I think of, you know, the brief time that I've had in the game, I want to say I do really, I kind of agree with you with Seth. He's just kind of I can tell he. You're supposed to be like imprinting your own kind of personality into him a little bit too, as the character that you are playing as. And so I, I realized there's that there, but yeah, I was just kind of like, you're just generic character for me at this point. You're
1: just character. That's a good way to
0: put I it. I did. I did really like Adele. Uh, I used her the most in in the. Uh, I used her, a lot of her heroics. That's what it's called, right? In the combat is the heroic because you have your oh. normal attack and then you have the heroic actions. For so her you, ca- class as a freelancer, I believe that's what they were called. Because I know with Elvis and Princess Gloria, it was either white magic or black magic.
1: You must have had the vanguard, uh, because heroics is attached to the vanguard job class. If you should have brought my switch in here
0: and I could have looked.
1: <laughs> if you're using just the freelancer, their action is under the the category of miscellany. because the freelancer is just like miscellaneous stuff. You can do it. Okay, anything.
0: but but the, doesn't doesn't Seth though in his list. He has like normal attack. Then he does. He has heroics.
1: You had to have had also, the Vanguard because because you, then
0: he's in full armor. I will say that. Oh, he so that, in,
1: That's the Vanguard. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, so he, so he was set Vanguard, up as Vanguard.
0: Then I don't know what she was then because he, she had some, I think she was mage. She was mage. Uh,
1: okay. So
0: Adele's mage. Princess Gloria had a bow and arrow. Oh, okay. And then, and but also could use white magic. Elvis gotcha. had like a shield and a cudgel looking thing. Gotcha. And uh and could do black magic and white magic in the demo. Interesting.
1: Okay.
2: So, Very interesting. Uh, so- I liked
0: Adele because she had this one really strong attack that I could that like was knocking people out. It could bust through their default Ooh. stance.
1: Oh yeah, because your job classes would have been further advanced than I think where mine are currently at. Yeah. Nice.
0: So okay, well then I probably I would imagine, where, where are you then at this point? Because I don't want to say too much like in what I've done and like spoil things for you.
1: I'm so like, nearing, I feel like
0: I'm ahead of you then.
1: I think you're actually a little bit ahead of me because I am nearing the end of the Savalon main arc. I'm actually just about to go in and confront the character of Bernard because I just beat the Bard. The last notable thing I that I did was I beat the Bard. I beat the Bard too. So first of all, Orpheus, what'd you think about him? <laughs>
0: I was like, okay, this is, this is part of the problem I have, have a little of- bit with with JR, with why it's harder for me. It's just that style of him being like a boss and like kind of like this bad guy. And it, it just – that just doesn't translate to well, as well for me as of like – I don't. I, I'm having a really hard time de- describing how, why this like doesn't click. But like his character specifically, I was like, this why this doesn't work for me that as much and harder for me to get behind. It's just because it's like. I don't know. It's like in my head, if it's going to be a fantasy setting, it needs to be like a gritty fantasy setting. Oh my if it's God, going to be,
2: <laughs> it, it, it's just,
0: it, I'm very black and white in that sense. And I think that's where like a game like this, that kind of blurs that with like these like comical, fa- like he's a, he's a villain, but he's also like. You know, trying to sing you these dumb songs to distract he, he's you. He's a and-
1: stereotypical bard. He's very yeah. over the top. Uh, so the asterisk asterisk holders, which we're talking about Orpheus the Bard right now. He's mm-hmm. one of the people you have to defeat in order to get his job class. Uh, he is so you know he it really is like a stereotypical bard. He's super yeah. over the top. He's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. You can tell that he's. He's also had some hard times in the past. He actually used to be Princess Gloria's kingdom's court bard. And then he was embezzling money from them and they were like, no, get out of here. So they kicked him out and he fell on some super hard times. And now he wants revenge against Princess Gloria for not... Letting him embezzle from them? Yeah,
0: it's like, <laughs> no, dude, that's not how this works. <laughs>
1: but the, the, that's the thing. He's supposed to be like this comical villain. And that's really common in the Bravely series is that the asterisk holders you encounter, they usually are equal parts villain, sometimes not as much of a villain and just comic relief. They mm-hmm. are very frequently meant to be super over the top stereotypes of their job class and they're just that to the nth degree and that kind of is their personality but they always have a lot of
0: long flowing you know he's like very like flamboyant in all his movements when he's like doing his defaults and his attacks very dancer like yeah Yeah. and so he um yeah i was kind of just like and all of his his voice his lines and stuff too like he even says like i'll see you on the flip side at one point and i'm just like (laughs) what? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I I'm doing a poor a poor job of saying it. Just for whatever reason, it just that aesthetic, I guess, and like how how characters are presented, like they are in in the Default Two and stuff like that, just doesn't click with me as well. I guess. Yeah, I totally it's, get it.
1: It is. It's a little campy. It's a little yeah. campy. It's a little cheesy, and some people don't really like that so much. So I I understand. For me personally, that's what I'm here for. That's what oh, I yeah. showed up to the game for.
0: For sure. For sure. And from everything you've talked about the games and like the characters and what you've liked of the characters so far, I'm like, I know you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be playing it if you didn't love how the characters were presented and and how the world was presented and stuff like that. Yeah. But Uh, no, I'm sorry.
1: Please go ahead, good
0: oh, uh, no, I was just going to ask if you were wanting to, since we were talking about the him, if you wanted to talk about like the battling and the combat and stuff like that, or if you were still going through characters.
1: We are shortly going to transition into that. Just real quick, I want to run through the main voice cast. So, oh, Seth. Oh,
0: that's right. That's why I was yes. even like, uh, we went on this whole yeah. t- tangent. That was yeah, a good yeah,
1: tangent yeah. though, because the asterisk holders. I did want to talk about them. So, good job. Uh, so, Seth is voiced by Chris Lu Kumhoi. Gloria is voiced by Charlotte Ritchie. Adele is voiced by Samantha Dakin and Elvis is voiced by, oh my God, why is he the only one without an English voice actor on the IMDb? Hang on. Stand by. Stand by. I know he's in here somewhere. He is voiced by what the fuck is happening?
0: (laughs) Just pick a Scottish actor.
1: I think (laughs) it's this guy named Stephen Cree. Okay. I think. It, it, it looks like that is maybe correct. I hope it is, because if it's not, my bad. Hang on. Let's check his IMDb. Scottish film,
0: vac- Scottish film actor is what uh, it says. We're off
1: to a good start. Oh, God, this does not look right. Okay, it may or may not be Stephen Cree. Don't quote <laughs> me on that. <laughs> Why is this so hard to find? Maybe because it's
0: new and it just hasn't been updated yet. But yeah, even on his IMDb and stuff, it's not it's not showing that.
1: All right, well, in the Japanese, it's Kazuhiko Inoue.
0: Okay. In the
1: English, though, I don't know. (laughs) So lame. Okay, anyways, the point is, that's the main voice cast. And Gloria's actress in particular, uh, Charlotte Ritchie, I just think she is doing a fantastic job, and I love her to pieces. Seth, too. Seth has a really good voice actor. They all do. They're all really good. That, that's what that's what you can say about it. So I will then, say
0: I was surprised, having not played any of the other the previous games list, that it was actually fully voice acted.
1: Yeah, so I anticipated NPC- it was just going to
0: be like reading and, and stuff like that, no. which is what I've experienced more often than not. So that, I was I was surprised.
1: And that actually is a holdover from the standard Bravely games, which is shocking for. For DS games, for 3DS games to have that extent of voice acting is really surprising, and it's always Mm -hmm. something that has set the series apart, down to the most inconsequential NPCs. Like, even the people you talk to for side quests, they frequently have fully voiced interactions with you, which is a really nice touch. It just goes to show that they put a lot of thought into each of these interactions and all of these NPCs, and I really appreciate it. Nice. So then... The gameplay itself, I will do my best to describe it, and you also explain it from your perspective, because I feel like you're going to have a different vocabulary that you might use to explain things that are happening in the game. Okay. So Bravely Default is based on a combat system that is turn-based of braving and defaulting. It's a very on-the-nose kind of game. They don't like hide the mystery from you. It's right in the title. (laughs) So, this is actually something that you would be familiar with to a certain extent, if you had also played Octopath Traveler, because it's kind of the same Mm -hmm. team. Yeah, their their
0: combat their combat systems felt similar.
1: Yeah, they're pretty similar. So, if you've played any recent major JRPG, Octopath Traveler, and any of the Bravely Default games, you'll totally know what's happening. So, Braving is basically where you start each combat interaction at zero brave point. If you default, which is you guard, you just guard instead of taking an actual action that turn, you gain one brave point. And you can gain up to three brave points by defaulting three times in a row, or in any combination of defaulting. And then once you have three brave points, you can use them all up, just basically going three, two, one, zero, to basically get Four consecutive turns with no interruptions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Alternatively, you can brave from zero. You can do zero, negative one, negative two, negative three, and go into the red with your brave points, which means that, okay, I'm going to start out this combat. I've, I've only got zero brave points right now, but I'm st- I, I, I think I can take this guy. I'm going to go on ahead and brave four times, just do four standard attacks on this enemy, and hope that it dies. Because if it does, sweet, we're done here. I could move on. If it doesn't, then you are now four moves in the red and your character is defenseless. You cannot guard, you cannot take any other actions until your character regains enough brave points just through time, just through turns right. to get back to zero again. Because so you this- could
0: then, in theory, you could default then three turns in a row if you did that to build your to build your points back up to zero.
1: Correct. So, well, so when you're already in the red, you cannot default. So if you're at negative three yeah. so sorry, I probably didn't, I think I answered your question incorrectly. No, if you're in the red, if you're at negative three, negative two, negative one, you cannot default. You're just a sitting duck. So you can't, that's why it's this high risk, high reward kind of system, because if you brave too much and you're just sitting there in the red the enemy can just wail on you for four turns. And in this game, especially, four turns of not being able to respond, you can't heal, you can't use items, you can't, you know, unless it's another character doing it for you. Right. Uh you're probably you're probably dead. If you can't defend and you're about to take four hits, you're gonna die. Oh yeah, case.
0: like even even s- monsters that you come across, like Standard smaller monsters, monsters. can do a pretty heavy monsters.
1: attack on you. They sure can. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to more of the difficulty in a hot second. But um, the combat is basically, okay, you've got these brave points. You can either brave and default for each of your characters. Use this system wisely because if you F it up, you're dead. The enemy also has that same system. Now, I will say that most small enemies brave very rarely. Mm-hmm. Most small enemies will do a mix of defaulting and standard attacks. They do scale, so the more difficult enemies are more likely to actually use Brave and attack you for big points, but it's not super common. Bosses are where the Brave and Default system becomes extremely important, because if you don't get the flow right and you take the wrong amount of hits, you will get a game over. Did you get a game over on the Bard on Orpheus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, really. I did a um, uh,
0: two, two times, I think. And then I even, I even like on some of the, the inner, the monster fights before you got to him in those shifting ruins, like same yeah. thing. I, I, I got a couple there too, just cause yeah, just didn't play it smart and trying to figure out the system and everything.
1: I didn't, but the only reason I didn't is because I had one of my characters, it was Seth. Uh, Seth was <laughs> actually my white mage, my healer. I had him equipped with an item that prevented him from falling asleep because mm. that Orpheus's sleep thing was killing He was me. hitting,
0: he was, I was using Gloria as my white mage and he was putting her to sleep like all the time.
1: Exactly. And I didn't even think about it. Like it wasn't on purpose. He just happened to be wearing an anti-sleep item. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> was trying. He was like, okay, going to put him to sleep now, now, now. And Seth was like, ha, ha you stupid bitch. You think you're going to put him to sleep? <laughs> so the only reason i lived is because my white mage was immune to sleep everybody else like gloria was actually dead at the time that we beat him so she didn't get any of the experience or job points oh yeah i I had all
0: four alive when i did finally beat him and yeah they leveled up so much i was just like keep that xp coming come on because like i started the fight out with him and you know he's got What four, five supporting monsters with him? Yeah,
1: he's got four supporting monsters, and they're all pretty heavy, like eight hundred monsters.
0: Yeah, eight hundred HP monsters. And I finally got through them, and I was feeling good. I like, I got through all them. My all four by people, I kept them like their health up pretty high. I was like, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. But then we kept hitting uh, Orpheus, and even like uh, Prince Castor from Savalon was with you too, and he's hitting him doing like some serious damage and I'm like this dude's not dying what's going on and I finally I (laughs) finally used the like examine uh, ability one turn and it saw like he had 10,000 hp and I was only like at 6,000 6,500 left and I was like oh my god what the
1: hell So I will say that I was also a little shocked at how difficult Orpheus was because more sorry sorry more because he felt like a bullet sponge yeah he would like you just were hammering hits into him because i was trying so hard to kill him but he just he really had some serious hp and in comparison to the three previous asterisk holder fights i had had because mm. i actually had to fight uh the white mage holder the vanguard holder and the monk class so uh, it, it was the monk an option for you
0: monk M- monk was adele
1: ah uh, gotcha. so she must have had keygong wave That's yes. Key for, yeah. yes 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 uh, i was I, using that all the time <laughs> I, I just recently got the monk and i haven't really had much time to level it up to that extent yet but monk class is so great i think i've got adele on monk right now because it's awesome mm-hmm. uh so anyways yes the monk fighter the white mage and the vanguard the monk was kind of hard the, the White Mage and the Vanguard holders were so easy. I was like, is this a joke? So I was like, oh, this game's going to be easy. And then I ran into Orpheus and I was like, oh shit, this game's...
0: He was so hard.
1: <laughs> this is Never mind. I was just kidding about that. So yeah, that's a pretty good overview of basic combat. Is It's a mix of braving, defaulting, and using standard attacks and your job-specific attacks. So this is where we can kind of talk about the job system in general, because it is more nuanced than you might think, because of the ability to use main and subclasses. So this is one of my favorite things, both about Bravely and about Octopath Traveler, because Octopath Traveler had the exact same system. Mm -hmm. So any given, any character can be any job class at any time. You can have a whole party of black mages. You can have all black mages on main and you'll be really powerful but real squishy. Or you can have each character do something different. If you just need a little more magic, maybe two of them can be black mages or maybe two white mages if you're dying too much. So I love that you have the freedom to put any character on any job class at any time. You can change these as long as you're out of combat. If you're out of combat, you can change job classes, bam, 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 just whatever you want to do. For the main, the subs, though, are where things get really interesting. Because when you have a character on a main job class, let's say, for example, Elvis Elvis is a great example of this. So your job class levels up along with you, but it levels on a different system. So you have your main experience points, experience points which are just your your general level, mm-hmm. and then you have your job class level. And depending on how much you have actually bothered to level up a job class, your character might be incredible or shitty at that job class, which affects what kinds of powers they're actually able to do. So if you start off as the basic black mage and you're level one, You only have fire. Fire is your only magical ability. That's it. At level 2, you get Blizzard. At level 3, you get Thunder. At level 4, you get Poison. At level 5, you get Blizzara. At level 6, you get Fyra. That was actually out of order. You get Fyra, then Blizzara. And then at level 7, you get Thundara. At level 8, you get Asper Attack. But this is what's important. The six starting ones... All those magic attacks I just listed are main attacks. You can only do them if you are the black mage on main or the black mage on subclass. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: However, Asper attack, that eighth item, that eighth power that you get by leveling up that job class is a passive ability. And Mm. this is where the system gets fun. Because a passive ability, once you unlock it, you can equip that passive ability to your list of abilities and use it even if you're not that job class. So now that now that Elvis has Asper Attack, which is basically when you attack somebody, you get back MP in return, which okay. is really helpful if you're trying to keep up your MP because most of your special abilities cost magic point. Right. So now he can be the monk on main and he can be the vanguard on sub and I can still equip that special passive from the Black Mage as one of his abilities. So helpful.
0: That's very nice.
1: Other other passives that kind of unlock with him as well are um, Lunar Powered, um, which means you have stronger magic at night. And this is where some so this is where you start to see the, th- the threads kind of start to connect. The White Mage has a different ability called Solar Powered, which is mm-hmm. oh, okay. Your restorative power, your healing power, is stronger in the daytime. So if you had leveled up a black mage and a white mage on the same character, you could combine both and have them be solar powered and lunar powered and have Asper attack all in the same character. So, so the they're passives, really just
0: generating all that stuff.
1: Yeah, the passives are where this, the, the, this type of gameplay becomes really interesting because you basically get to have this broad view of what all the job classes do and then look at what complements other job classes. It doesn't make sense to have the vanguard's defensive passives on the monk The mm-hmm. m- not defending that's ridiculous but maybe your monk actually does need a little bit more mp in that case maybe you should actually get asper attack from the black mage put it on your monk, your monk strictly does physical attacks and then gets MP in return to do more physical attacks. It's a really interesting system of, man, I have to level up a bunch of different job classes to make a character that is something you've never seen before. Uh, And it's, it's a system that I personally get a very high amount of reward out of. I love just dicking around on the menu, looking at what you can combine into one character and just being like, oh, this is the Ben. I'm having such a good time. Well, it gives so. you something else to shoot
0: for, other than just randomly upgrading stuff. Exactly. If you can see like the eventual, you know, perks of being able to put all these things together, it gives you something so another goal, which I think is good because sometimes, you know, like in the standard Western RPG, I feel like that levels out with just armor sets. Yeah. Like you combine, you know, you get the helmet, chest piece, arms, legs, and boots yeah. for this armor, and then you get like that extra bonus passive ability that you can then you know, effect with amulets, rings, belts, you know, stuff like that. But so it's kind of cool then that it's all built in around this job class. And it's that that building and leveling up the job class that is where all those passives and things tie together. That's pretty interesting and a big difference something from other stuff I, wanna, I played.
1: Yeah, something else I want to point out that I genuinely, I don't know if it was the case in Bravely Default 1 and Bravely 2nd and Layer. God, I hate the way they named these games. Um, (laughs) If this was the same in those games, I never noticed or I don't remember. So if I'm wrong about this, my bad. But I Mm -hmm. think this is new to Bravely Default 2. I unequipped every character. I took all of their equipment off. Oh, okay, real quick sidebar. Uh, Equipment. Equipment is very important because different job classes excel at certain types of equipment. For example, the Black Mage has a really high... um, efficiency level with staves with staves and with staffs not so much with swords and daggers the vanguard great with swords great with shields incredible and stuff the monk does best with no weapons at all baby the weapons are these <laughs> <laughs> so it, it different equipment does have different efficiency levels depending on which job class you currently have a character on just wanted to say that real quick okay so i unequipped every character of everything. I put them all on the basic freelancer job class, which is basically no job class. You're just kind of a well-rounded character. You're kind of good at everything and you kind of suck at everything also. I noticed that there is no difference in base character staff if you have no equipment on and no job class. It only depends on level. For example, Gloria was level 9 at the time, and most of her base stats were 32, 32, 32, 32. And then her HP was like 895 or something like that. Yeah. Seth, Elvis, and Adele were all level 10. Their stats were exactly the same. 100% the same across the board. Which I don't think was the case in Bravely Default. Again, I could totally be wrong about that. I could have not had equipment unequipped or something like that. But I thought that was really interesting because it means that there is no inherent skill that any one character actually excels at. It means they are blank slates and everything that you do to them to increase or decrease their stats is 100% up to equipment and job class. And that's it. I think that's really nice because it means that characters like Gloria who are, oh, she's your white maid, she's your healer, no, she's not. (laughs) She's exactly the same as the other characters. And if you want to put her on Vanguard and give her two axes and just have her go to town on people, she's exactly as capable of being able to do that as Elvis is. And it Mm -hmm. also means that Adele is just as much a black mage as Elvis. So I think it's a really interesting equalizing system that I personally really appreciate.
0: That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But it's interesting then that with that being the case, that they are all these blank slates that you have the reservations of switching Elvis because of just how his
2: character is.
1: It's just his, you meet him in that outfit. It's personality. Yeah. It's just who he is, you know? (laughs) So I'm sure I will eventually break out of it in the pursuit of passives from other job classes to make him the ultimate black mage. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: So the best he can be.
1: Just the best he can be. So it's a really intricate system. I really enjoy it. And this is one of the best things about it. And this is just the level of detail that you can always rely on the Bravely series for. Mm -hmm. So each job class comes with a completely different outfit for your character. To the extent that if you have all four characters on Black Mage, the two male characters, the two female characters they will still all have unique black mage outfits to them. Mm, It's not just like, Oh, the male characters get this version of the Vanguard. The female characters get this version of the Vanguard. No, each of them is different. They look a little similar to each other because of course they're all the same job class, but each of them has like their own color scheme, their own special accents. The shapes are a little bit different. For example, when you put the black mage onto Gloria, yes, she has a long black cloak, but she's also got the hood up and it's more shaped like a dress, and she has mm-hmm. cute little boots on, and it's just like, oh my god, you're so adorable. Dude, the monk looks so cool in this game. Yeah, I'll
2: take find it.
1: There was actually a monk class in Bravely Default Second, at least in Bravely Second. I think also in Bravely Default 1. Oh yeah, it's one of like the first ones you get. Uh there was the monk class in the previous two games as well, but it was ugly as hell. <laughs> not cute. They made it so cute in Bravely Default 2. It's one of my favorite, the outfits. The outfits are one of the number one selling points of the game for me, and I am not kidding about that. I love just going through the different outfits and being like, oh, but she looks so cute in that one. Oh, no, but she looks incredible in this one. Oh, no, they all look good in the monk. Who's
2: going to be the monk?
1: Because they all look good. i It's my favorite thing about the games. I will never get over it. The most exciting part for me of getting a new asterisk is that I get to go through a whole new fashion show it's like oh this is the best day of my life <laughs> I get to figure out how they all look dude they all so not all of them um, I don't particularly think that Elvis looks great in it but the bard looks so cool on Gloria and Adele they oh, look nice. incredible uh, anyways that's my favorite part of the game is the outfits <laughs> <laughs> it's 10 out of 10 outfits you gotta would, look
0: good while you're out there adventuring you know
1: would play dress up again
0: <laughs> nice
1: Goodness, excuse me.
0: So where else were you on to go?
1: I don't remember. I think that's kind of it, right? I think so. I mean, we talked I about don't, the I don't know. system. Yeah. about Ta- the incredible outfits. We talked about, about the wonderful voice acting, the job classes. Characters. Yeah, so that's basically that's uh that's Bravely Default 2 in a nutshell. It is a mix of excellent JRPG combat. Uh, fascinating job classes, wonderful stat management. If you're a big fan of like stat manipulation, you're going to love this kind of game. I will say, though, and this is so far one of the only critiques I really have of the game, two things I noticed, and you will have noticed this as well. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's yes. uh, uh, So there are actually three difficulty levels. There's casual, regular, and hard mode. I'm playing on normal mode, of course. I did too. Uh, and it's still pretty challenging. Um, I've only gotten one game over so far and it was my fault. I encountered a special enemy on the map and the tutorial even popped up and it was like, oh, you've encountered a special enemy. See how it's glowing like that? You're probably not ready to fight that thing. But if you do try to fight it, you should save beforehand. So I was like, I'm going to try it. I <laughs> <But laughs> saved beforehand, got into that fight, one hit kills across the board. It destroyed oh, me. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I guess Definitely
0: not ready for this.
1: Wasn't ready for that. So, but outside of the special enemies, even regular ones are hard as shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of them. Some of them do eventually become um, really easy, but the game gives you a really interesting, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot to talk about this. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: situated. Um, the way that you encounter enemies on the map is different than it was in the other Bravely games. This is like brand new to Bravely Default 2. So in previous games and in many I would even hazard to say most. In most JRPGs, you fall into combat through a randomized system. It's usually based on the amount of ground you have covered, and then all of a sudden, just bam, boom, you're in combat. And there's Mm -hmm. usually like a little little break in the scene, and the scene shifts, and the music kicks up, and you're like, okay, we're in combat. But you don't see that before it happens. In Bravely Default 2, you do. Small enemies are just out and about on the map they're just walking around, you can physically see them. They Mm -hmm. are everywhere, for starters. There are many of them. But by virtue of being able to see them, that also means you can avoid them. If you can go around a character and it doesn't physically see you, it won't try to engage in combat with you. Alternatively, if you do just face an enemy head-on, they see you, you see them, cool. You're evenly matched. If you sneak up on an enemy and slash them to engage in combat with them, you have an advantage. If an enemy sneaks up on you and gets the jump on you, you're at a disadvantage. And smaller enemies that aren't worth your time, if they see you, they'll be afraid of you, and they'll run away. They won't oh. even try to engage in combat with you, which is wonderful. Yeah, because
0: I- it definitely, in the in the little bit I played in the demo, I was like, quit attacking me. God damn it. Like just like yeah, because that, you just like would means. run into him. But then I figured out, yeah, yeah, I could dodge him. And I was like, oh, this is so much better. Go
1: around him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting that you can actually just see an enemy. And as long as you have a different path around them, you don't have to engage. Uh, and if enemies are too low level for you, they won't even try. Like I literally kind of cornered one guy because I was like, okay, I want to see if I actually pursue this enemy without attacking him. Will he attack me eventually? No. was too low level every time he would turn around and see me he would just run away again like they will never try to engage with you if they see you and they are too low level for you wonderful system uh what was the other thing i was going to say something about the difficulty yes okay so that system is fantastic i love it to pieces the difficulty level in general is very hard um i think it's not very hard but it's definitely harder than the previous games combined with what i feel like is a less a less generous experience and job point system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So this is something that's kind of hard to describe. Uh, first of all, it just feels like in general, you are leveling up both your main experience points and your job class points slower than you did in previous games. Now, it's it's always been true that usually after about the fifth job class level up, it, it gets really grindy trying to get to those end of the job classes because that's where all the really good stuff is. Mm-hmm. So it's always been intentional that, yeah, if you want to get to level 10 on the Black Mage, you're going to have to really try. You have to really be committed to that job class. So that's been normal. But it still feels like I am leveling up very slowly with, certain job, with all of the job classes after a certain level. So that part has sucked. It does feel a little bit more grindy than previous games, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: which is compounded by a different style of doing something that the previous games did. So in Bravely Default 1 and Bravely Default 2, um, which we're calling Bravely second-to-end layer because that's what it should have been called in the first place. In the first two games, if you did a total blowout, like if you just knocked out a bunch of enemies all at once and you didn't even, and it was like the first try, you didn't even Mm -hmm. take a hit... It would ask you, the the end screen would come up and it would say, good job, want to go again, one more? And you could say yes or you could say no. And if you chose to immediately engage in another battle and won again without without losing a turn, without taking damage, cool. You want to go again? You want to go for a three times fight? Yes, I want to go for a three times fight. Yes, I want to go for a four times fight. And if you succeeded in those and you didn't die, once you eventually stopped taking additional uh, or once you've lost the ability to continue on with these increasing challenges, mm-hmm. you would get so much experience. You would get a shit ton of experience, so many job points, and it was really, really easy because the game would just ask you, okay, you want to go again? Want to go again? Want to go again? Yes, yes, yes. In Bravely Default 2, it is not the same. Mm-hmm. So because you can physically see enemies on the map, and i don't think i've done this right yet. the game basically says okay, if you want to try to chain together these 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 battles to get better experience and better job points, you have to like have enemies come at you very quickly in succession physically. so like if i see three enemies mm-hmm. on the main world map, i have to get all three of them to kind of rush me at the same time. If I want to do three battles in a row and I will say so far, I have been struggling to line that up. Like I did I've it been once trying. in yeah. the demo.
0: I got two, I got two consecutive battles. one yeah. the
1: other. And it, it's, it's just not easy to do. It's actually kind of hard to do. So that part has sucked a little bit, but I'm sure that I will eventually get better at it i hope because if i don't it's going to be really hard to level up because those consecutive battles were the key way to level up your experience and your job classes in bravely default Mm -hmm. so that has been a struggle uh but other than the feeling of it's a little grindier than past games it's a little harder than the past games uh the thing is you can change the difficulty setting at any time i can put it on casual mode whenever i want to so if i'm ever struggling with a boss. I'm just going to cop out and put it on casual mode. <laughs> you can't stop me.
0: <laughs> no. Player's choice.
1: Yeah. So anyways, that's Bravely Default too. I'm having a great time. 10 out of 10 would recommend or at least recommend the demo so that you can yeah. figure out whether it is or is not your jam.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, man, that's a uh, really great breakdown then because I mean, obviously like a lot as a brand new player jumping into this and not having played any Bravely Default games before this, I definitely had a very big learning curve. I feel like to understanding how the things worked and like wh- how the combat worked and yeah. like what I was even doing and all this stuff. So honestly, if you're looking for a starter guide to really default Two, this is it because you just got your right full here. breakdown. <laughs> Logan just get, basically get provided the walkthrough guide of getting started of the demo of the demo of like how to get started well no I, i'm serious like i feel like i could start the game now and know better of what i'm actually doing and how to like build things together and not and eliminate so much of the guesswork that i already encountered so yeah, you know i feel like
1: game.
0: yeah so i feel like you get you did a great job breaking down all the various systems and everything that are here for this game uh to maybe make it a little bit more accessible for folks so but yeah so that is bravely default 2 mogan's first impressions of the game if you have played bravely default 2 or currently playing bravely default 2 let us know we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on the game as well so you could do that by sending us an email g- teamchatpodcast at gmail.com we're joining our discord server talking about it with us there or you know commenting on the YouTube video wherever you're watching listening to the show we'd love to we'd love to hear from you what
1: oh my god I totally forgot the most important oh. thing yes. To, uh, splice this back in. <laughs> it back in we forgot to talk about the music I will make this oh. really short I will make this so short the soundtrack for Bravely Default 2 stellar, it's so fun it is the same composer from the first game so Bravely Default was composed by Revo, R-E-V-O, it might be pronounced Revo I don't know, Bravely Default second, Bravely second end layer, was composed <laughs> by Rio. different person but okay. Revo is back. Revo is back for Bravely Default 2. Stellar soundtrack. I have been loving it so far. In case you're not familiar with Revo, he's a pretty famous composer. He and his band, Sound Horizon, have been in the Japanese scene for the longest time. They have also, anime fans, composed and uh, performed many <laughs> opening themes for Attack on Titan. So oh. if you're thinking this kind of sounds familiar, it might be because it sounds a little bit like Attack on Titan. Uh so there anyway, the soundtrack is incredible and you should go listen to it.
0: Very nice. How long do you think is like on YouTube or cause it's probably not on Spotify or something like that at this point, right?
1: I don't know. Let me they normally the, the JRPGs point. feel like their soundtracks no.
0: take a little bit longer to get over onto like Spotify. Yeah. So you usually have to go the YouTube route for stuff like that.
1: All right, the but soundtrack. Yeah. Uh it is on YouTube. So it looks cool. like the full or at least a good chunk of the soundtrack is on YouTube right now. Very nice. So what's yeah, that, what's Check that runtime? Does it's it
0: wonderful. does it tell you? Huh? How long of a, does it tell you how long the soundtrack is to get that runtime for it?
1: They're all different videos. Oh, it's all
0: different, It's uh, not one big one. Yeah, I like it when people do that I so you can know. see the full the full duration of the stuff. But yeah, great music to go along with a uh, with with your great fantastic journey as you struggle as you try to bring balance back to the four crystals.
1: So. it's very avatar the last airbender <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this is, thanks for
0: joining us everybody for this episode of team chat podcast again let us know what you think of uh of bravely default too and i guess we will see you all next week for another brand new episode but until then i am one of your hosts jared wilson joined across the power of the internet by rachel mogan
1: adios
0: we'll see you all next time